Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today I'm going to be talking about becoming self-reliant. Food storage is a big part of being self-reliant. I grew up in a culture where we were taught that we should have some basic food staples stored in case of a time of need. There is a famous quote by Ezra Taft Benson, who had served as a Secretary of Agriculture under the Eisenhower administration, and he really understood food production and distribution. He said, The revelation to store food may be as essential to our temporal salvation today as boarding the ark was to the people in the days of Noah. So that sounds pretty serious. And I assumed that there would be some worldwide disaster where we wouldn't be able to get food, and that's when we would need to use our food storage. Now, even though that type of event hasn't happened yet, there have still been three separate times when I had to rely on our food storage. And I want to share what I have learned from those experiences, because it wasn't what I expected it to be like. Our first time of living off food storage was when my husband and I had only been married for a couple of years, and we were just starting our family. We had decided that when our baby was born, I would quit my job so that I could take care of our infant son. That meant a huge loss of income. At the time, since my husband was still in training for his dream job as an airline pilot, he wasn't making very much money. He was working as a flight instructor so he could continue to build his piloting skills and increase his flight time, both of which were required on his path of becoming an airline pilot. At his job, he was paid by the hour, but not in the way that we typically think of being paid by the hour. He was paid for each flight hour of instruction that he gave, so it was possible for him to be at work for eight or more hours a day and only get paid for one or maybe two hours of instruction. The pay was dismal, but the job was necessary for him to be able to progress to where he wanted to be. So when I stopped bringing in a paycheck, our income decreased by more than half. It was more like two-thirds or three-fourths, depending on the month. So the change was rather sudden, and we had to make some lifestyle adjustments. We were used to being able to do things like going out to eat and entertainment, and suddenly we couldn't do that anymore, and that was hard. I had accumulated some savings from when I was working, so we supplemented our income with that at first, but when it ran out, we actually had to live off of just what my husband was earning, and we found that we barely had enough to pay rent, utilities, and gas for the car. There wasn't enough money to buy groceries. And that was really hard. When the fridge was empty, it stayed empty. I couldn't refill it. And when the cupboards became empty from boxed and canned goods, they stayed empty because I couldn't afford to refill them. Fortunately for us, my parents had decided on a rather unusual Christmas present the previous Christmas. They chose to give each of their children some basic food staples. So we had a little bit of wheat, rice, oats, sugar, salt, and oil. And this was the first time that I actually had to rely on those things in order to be able to eat. Up to that point in my life, I thought these were just things that you stored but never actually ate. The experience was different than I thought it would be for so many reasons. First of all, there wasn't a worldwide disaster of any kind. There were still groceries available at the store. 
It was just that I couldn't afford to buy them. It was a personal time of crisis, not a worldwide time of crisis. Secondly, I thought that when the time came to use these things, I would somehow magically know what to do with them. When you say that out loud, it sounds kind of stupid. But in my head growing up, that that made perfect sense. But here I was now in the situation of needing to use them, but I didn't magically know what to do with them. The things that I was used to eating went quickly. I like rice, and I know how to cook rice, and I know how to eat it. So the rice was the first to go. Now I only had wheat and oats left. I didn't have a clue what to do with the wheat. I didn't have a wheat grinder to turn it into flour. It was just wheat, and I didn't know how to eat it. So that meant that the only thing I had left was the oats. I knew how to make oatmeal, but now we come to another lesson that I learned from living off of food storage. I had thought that when the time came that I would need to use it, somehow I would magically like everything that I had stored. Again, when you say that out loud, it sounds kind of stupid, but in my head growing up, it made perfect sense. I figured that when you need food storage, you'll be super hungry, so everything will taste good and you'll just be grateful to have food. Well, I wasn't to the point of starvation yet. I just couldn't buy food. And I still didn't like what I didn't like. And I don't really like oatmeal. When I was growing up, we had the exact same breakfast every day. It was a bowl of either cracked wheat cereal or oatmeal. And we called them mush. So we had mush every day for breakfast, and I hated it every day. Each morning, I would rush to the table first so that I could choose the smallest bowl and choke it down. And I vowed that when I grew up and had a choice, I would never eat mush again. So here I was as an adult with nothing in the cupboards but some rolled oats, and I just couldn't bring myself to make oatmeal. Surely there had to be something else. So I learned how to make granola with the ingredients I had, plus a few things I borrowed from my mom. And we had granola for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for months, because that was the only thing that I knew how to make and was willing to eat from the ingredients I had available. I took a small job cleaning a house for an elderly couple a few hours each week. It was one of the few options where I could take my infant son with me. So I was able to supplement our income enough so that we could buy milk and a few things. When I went to the grocery store, I had to make a list of what we absolutely needed. Diapers, milk, toilet paper, things like that. And I would bring my $20 bill and carefully add the cost of each item with a calculator and figure in the tax because I did not want to get to the counter and not have enough money. I would have been so embarrassed. I thought so many times, man, if I could ever get to the point where I can go to the grocery store and not have to add it up before I get to the counter, but I could just get whatever I wanted, I would be rich. That was my financial dream at the time. Later on, a neighbor who had a peach tree offered to let me have their peaches, so I picked peaches and canned them. As a child, I had learned how to can apricots and peaches with my mom. I thought it was just something you did so you could have yummy smoothies. But this time, it was a source of food that offered nutrition and variety to our diet. 
So here's another lesson I learned about food storage. Our preparation is not only about what we store. It's also about the skill set that we have. The skills that I had and the skills that I didn't have were all components of our self-reliance. And this was back in the olden days before the internet was a thing, so I couldn't just look stuff up on YouTube and Pinterest. And at the time, I wasn't feeling super creative and inventive. I was struggling with stress and discouragement and feelings of hopelessness. So I wasn't feeling confident and creative. I was just in survival mode. So that's part of the reason why we ate granola every day. I couldn't think of anything else to make. So we weathered that storm. And I'm sure someone else could have done a better job. But what we did was enough to survive and move on. So it was good enough. The next time we had to rely on our food storage was several years later. By now, my husband has a much better job. He's an airline pilot with a regional airline. We're not super rich, but we have sufficient for our needs, which is a wonderful place to be. One Sunday, when we were at church, our bishop gave a lesson about being self-reliant. He finished the lesson by calling out the names of a few families and challenging them to live off of what they had, and they couldn't go to the store for a specified period of time. And now I can't remember if it was one week or two weeks. This happened a long time ago. And of course, our family was one of the families selected for the challenge. Since this was a simulation and not a real emergency, we asked for some clarification of the rules. One person asked, are we allowed to buy gas? And that got me wondering, how much gas do we currently have in the car? And what would happen if we couldn't buy gas? One time, my sister's family was on vacation in California, and they had a power outage, and they were stuck because they couldn't buy gas because the pumps were run on electricity. They couldn't drive home until the power was restored. I thought that was a really interesting and kind of frightening scenario. I think it's a really good idea to not wait until the gas tank is nearly empty to refill it. It's much better to not allow the tank to go below, say, a quarter tank. In our simulation, our bishop asked us to try to make it with the gas we currently had in the tank. But if it meant that we couldn't get to work, then we could bend the rules and go by gas. The next question someone asked was, are we allowed to trade with other families who are also doing the experiment? Now that question just kind of rocked my world. It changed it from a personal experiment to a community experiment. It doesn't mean that we don't have to prepare personally and we can just rely on our neighbors to take care of us because a trade implies that we have something of value to give. But the idea that we could help each other brought an incredible amount of comfort and peace of mind. I have food storage items in my pantry and storage room, but it's easy to find out that you ran out of something you thought you had. And if you could trade for what you needed, that's wonderful. Also, I have a few hens, so I had some fresh eggs that I could use or trade. The simulation experiment was a great wake-up call. It was an excellent reality check to see where we are today in our preparation. The third time we had to rely on our food storage was during the COVID pandemic. This time was kind of the opposite of our first experience using food storage. 
This time, we had enough money to buy food and supplies, but there weren't any food or supplies in the stores to purchase. This was the first time in my life where I've seen empty shelves at the grocery stores. We couldn't buy toilet paper or bottled water. We couldn't buy fresh produce or canned goods for a while. You didn't need a grocery list when you went to the store because the decision was made for you. You just bought whatever was left on the shelves. Because we had a case of toilet paper in our storage room, we didn't feel a sense of panic like many others were feeling. We did get uncomfortably low on some supplies before these items were available again, but we were okay. It is a really good reminder that food storage is not just about food. It's about being one step ahead in the things that we need on a regular basis, like toilet paper, diapers, feminine hygiene, toothpaste, and so on. So I've learned a few things about self-reliance and food storage over the years, and we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel prepared enough that I'm not afraid. It hurt my heart to see the panic that so many people showed during this past year of COVID pandemic, especially at the beginning. There is a saying that if you are prepared, you don't need to fear. And that's really what self-reliance and food storage are about. So if you don't have food storage, I highly recommend that you begin to create a personal supply in case of a time of need. And here are a few suggestions to get started. It's very helpful to have items on hand that your family regularly eats. There is a saying that we should store what we eat and eat what we store. So you can create a budget of what you can afford, perhaps an extra $20 each time you go to the store, and buy an extra one or two boxes or cans of whatever you're getting and store those for later use. And I'm talking about shelf-stable things, not things that can go in the fridge. And also, don't forget items like toilet paper, toothpaste, vitamins, necessary medication, and pet food. I remember a neighbor who was struggling with underemployment, and the kids didn't have food for the dog, and it just broke their hearts. So if we just buy a little extra each time we go to the store and continue building a supply, then that will put us in a good place in case we need to use it later. Now, let's talk about the basic staples. There is a really good reason why people store things like wheat, oats, rice, beans, salt, sugar, and oil. All of these things, except for the oil, have a 20 to 30 year shelf life. That means that you can store them and not worry about them going bad before you have to use them. Sometimes we might buy a case of something when it's on sale that we don't normally use, thinking that we're building our food storage. And then we find out that the cans have expired and we have to throw them out. And that's really sad. It's a waste of money and it's a waste of food. But these basic items stay good and they keep their nutrition for a very, very long time. Also, these basic items are inexpensive. When people have a goal of maybe obtaining a three-month supply of food or a year's supply of food to have on hand, 
It's incredibly expensive to try to store a year's supply of things that we normally eat. And it also takes up a lot of space. But these basic items are inexpensive. They don't take up a lot of room and they can sustain life, even if it's on a different standard of living than we're used to. So I highly recommend having items that you're used to eating and also having a supply of basic items. I've lived off the basic supply items and survived, so I know it works, but I have to say it's not super fun. So if I had my choice, I'd like to have other things as well. Also, remember from my story that I wasn't able to use my wheat because I didn't have a wheat grinder, but I could use the rice and the oats. So that might mean when you're choosing what to purchase and what to store, if you don't have a, something like a wheat grinder, you might want to select more of the rice and oats and less of the wheat. Now I do have a wheat grinder. And I've also learned a few things that you can do with the whole wheat if you can't grind it. For example, you can soak it overnight in a thermos and eat it as cereal. That's still kind of like mush, so it's not my first choice, but I could do it. Also, wheat can be sprouted and eaten that way, which multiplies its nutritional value exponentially. So there are ways that you can eat wheat, even if you don't have a wheat grinder, that I didn't know about back then. Also, spices and condiments are really important when you're cooking using basic food items. Having something like chicken bouillon cubes and soy sauce on hand can make all the difference in the world. It can help rice taste like a meal rather than tasting like nothing. I used salt, cinnamon, and vanilla flavoring when I was making granola all the time. Basics without spices taste really bland. Spices help make basic foods become more palatable. Some important things to remember when building a food storage supply is not to panic, but just to start. During this past year of dealing with COVID, we saw the results of panic. It leads to empty shelves and then creating a situation so that other people can't get what they need. It's so much better to build gradually and consistently. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Stephen Cyrus. He said, Remember, when disaster strikes, the time to prepare has passed. This week, when you go to the store, I invite you to become better prepared by buying at least one extra box, bag, or can of food and setting it aside in your pantry or storage room for a future time of need. See you next time on Linda's Corner.